woman. Let me put it up. Oh, hey, right, like Bert Court. There he is. He's so cute. I think he's going to pop the big question tonight. Wanda, Wanda, when you're going to learn, men don't marry women wrestlers. Cuddles is different. Oh. His name is Cuddles. Yeah, he's great in this movie. I like what? Cuddles. So all that's going to happen here is she's going to do aggressively win the match, and he's going to be like, fuck this, I'm out of here. He's killing. He's killing. Now, the other the other wrestler is uh, from Bosom Buddies, her bachelor party, Wendy Joe. She's really from Conan O'Brien. No, what am I saying? Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> oh. My mistake. Well, the other one, the one in the cowl. The other one is just, is only in the this scene. In, in oh, the all right. Ring. Okay, gotcha. Okay, Sandy Sandal Bergman as Wanda Polanski. She's the wrestler. Conan the Barbarian and Red Sonia. Those were her Great. big ones. She's like, um... She's retired now, but she goes to like sci-fi conventions to sign things and stuff. She was in Xanadu. Um, she was in this low-budget film called Hell Comes to Frogtown. Do you know it? I'd never seen it. It's I believe it's the Charlie Band production. The the director of Head of the Family. I think his company produced it. Oh, uh, it's with Roddy Roddy Piper. It's one of those I... uh, films where you go, hey, you like bad movies? Check out this film. You know, okay. it's, it's a gateway film. Well, that's what I thought, too. Like, I, I clicked, or you know, I was learning about her. I was interested in just the sound of it. I clicked on it. I thought it might be good for our show. But is this just one that everybody does? And we should steer It's clear? kind of a go-to, yeah. But it's good. I mean, it's celebrated. I have, I have not seen that. I haven't seen Cannibal Amazons and the Avocado Temple of Doom. There's another, like, Hell Comes to Frogtown. Uh, Rodney Roddy Piper, these women have um, have these semen sucking machines to po repopulate the world. So they force <laughs> guys. <laughs> what was her name, the semen sucking machine? So, <laughs> so we've had three setups. This was kind of funny. He goes, as all you think about girls, there's more to life than girls than this beautiful Very woman. little. He goes past and he goes, very little. <laughs> There's a there Philo I know. That's the Philo I know and love. <laughs> you That's that chemistry I love about Philo and George. Oh, that chemistry off the charts. Now Philo, you kind of won't recognize him here, being all young. But this guy is like, remember in Ghost Rider, they had the dad. Um. Okay. Ghost Rider, the Nick Cage movie. Yeah, he was the dad who dies when he makes the deal with the devil. Um, Weird. I'll have to rewatch that movie. Well, he was the congressman in The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. So he wore a nice suit, basically. He was, okay, no, this is how you'll know him. He was Thomas Wayne in The Joker. That's how you'll know him. Okay. I should rewatch. Oh, Jack right. I remember that scene. Wow, all we're crazy. getting from Jack Tripper's wife here is she's a klutz, and that's all. She's one note throughout the whole film. Why did you call her Jack Tripper's wife? There was a film, no, there was a, a sitcom spinoff from Three's Company, right? Called, 
Breeze a crowd. Jack's place. Jack's place. Well, he made his own. He was a sous chef or some crap. Right. We know the story about that. Three's Company is based on a British TV show. And then that British TV show had a spinoff where, like, the Jack Tripper had his own flat. Oh. It was Jack's flat or something like that. And that's so, what yeah, sure. That kind of inspired it, I guess. Is that Tony Rosada? No. I would doubt it. Okay, so Jack Tripper's girlfriend in Three's a Crowd, the Three's Company spinoff. That's it. Yeah, Three's a Crowd. In 1984. Because her the producer- dad, the father-in-law, was always in Jack's way. Yep, yep. So this is Wiedemeyer, and he runs the school. And you might know him from the Chappelle show. Um, Okay, wait. This guy here is playing a parole officer. We'll never see him again. But you see his face? He's been all over TV. His name's Theodore Wilson. You know, Good Times and the Sanford Arms, that spinoff from... uh, but he's gonna go away and this is the only time we'll see him i just wanted to make note of him because he's he had a long long career on tv in the 70s can you do sanford arms that was with red fox or he passed away and it was lamont no no, i think the son died oh all right so there was sanford his son there was lamont Mm -hmm. Right? Didn't know Grady. Grady had his own show. Yeah. They didn't spin off Lamont. It was Grady, Sanford Arms, and I think there was a show called Sanford as well. Yeah, that's this show that he was on. Okay, check this out. The Biker Snake. You see them there to the left? Yeah. Okay, he was in... Okay, he was Cal, the Texas-born junkyard partner of Fred G. Sanford in Sanford. The short-lived Sanford and Son sequel. I recognize I, I totally see him. Yeah, right, right. That's right. It all comes together. And he was not what? in Falls 3 like I thought. Okay. But you know, it's so funny. He has the great biker look. Like, you see those in, like, commercials. Hey, buddy, you smell great. Right. Oh, thanks. I can't understand why Stewardess School has a, Can you – do you mind fixing C? Hey, some picture you got it. Dude, I know. Track it. This is why you gotta like be kind and rewind, otherwise the tapes get fucked up. As this movie was a commercial failure flop at the box office, it was released straight to home video in a number of other territories. But the thing is, this was played on Comedy Central all the time, over and over and over and over. Up until the early 2000s, one of the most played films on American cable channel, Comedy Central. Crazy. They they spent $8 million on this, and they made $136,000. That's brutal, dude. (laughs) That's a flop. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I mean, this premise of, like, we get to meet these students, and they all have to do well, and they're all in this boarding school to learn to be stewardess. Right. This boarding school thing, like, it, it can't all be police academies. I don't even think police academies have dorms either, to be honest with you. Okay, so the, police academy, part of the cycle of American cop comedies that, after the box office set of police academy, feds in 88, recruits in 86, yeah. in 86, night patrol in 84, 
right. moving violations in 85. Which we saw. Squad. We saw moving violations. You remember that? Yeah. It's with Bill Murray's brother. Right. And I really didn't think it was a... Okay, wait. Now, what happens here? You see, to the right there, we have sexy, sexy, sexy girl. Okay? Yeah. And she was a prostitute, and the parole officer dropped her off. So she's going to completely turn on Wiedemeyer, and he's going to basically pop a boner. Yeah, very and distracting. And he's not going to be able to speak. This is just like that BJ in the Police, Police Academy, Academy movies. Yeah. In flight instruction training. And you can you can be assured. Uh, Whoa! We will never nipple and dime you. <laughs> never nipple and dime you. Nickel and dime you on your education. Oh, she dropped something. Your instructors uh -oh. are firm, but fair. If you if you get a, a little firm, behind your work, See, they're firm. They won't be a little behind on you. Behind now. Iron Pants is That's her nickname. Her right there. Yeah. Oh, she's not having any. Well, I guess that's about it from old Roger Wiedemeyer. <laughs> Wiedemeyer. Uh, so once again. Not Niedemeyer, right? From. Right. No, Wiedemeyer. Wiener Meyer. Wiener Meyer. Wiener Meyer. You got to get a Wiener joke in there. No. You, you know the old thing about you can't go to the chalkboard when you got a boner? He's like, oh, he... I'll just stand here as you talk. She's looking at it, too. Yeah, she goes, it's disgusting, but then she's going to kind of like it. If when you she... all oh, pay attention to the following rules, I'm sure we'll all get along. She's a hard ass. Oh, watch that. Uh, what? Oops. Oh. They did that in one of the police academies. They, I think it was two or three. They... They went up to get their graduation papers, and this woman mm -hmm. unfortunately bumps into this guy's crotch and gets hit by another guy's backside. And in the movie, they actually you could see the lumps in their pants. They made sure whoever set the <laughs> stage that they put in like a prop uh, boner in there. It's art direction. Art direction, right? And continuity. You got to make sure it's you know if it's limp, if it's half mass, <laughs> if it's full. Oh, there's the food. Oh, the cafeteria, stewardess school. The food is disgusting at the cafeteria. Right, of course. Yeah. And he no. goes, just like mom never made. So look, he says, Hello, ladies. Goodbye. The girls exit. He's better than Booger. I, I give him that much. I think Booger got annoying in the second movie. You know? Mm -hmm. His shtick got tired. Okay, so now oh. Jack Tripper's wife is going to talk to Ghost Rider's dad. Oh, wiping his crotch off. Already. Because she's a klutz. She's a klutz. It's her whole shtick. And he's a klutz, kind of, when he has his, when his glasses are off. Exactly right. So Damn. we're going to now get a love interest kind of thing that won't really pay off. I got to say, Ghost Rider's dad is pretty built. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, now here's the snob, the snobs versus slobs in these comedies, right? Right, right. Now, what it is is okay. Let me just pull up her name, Iron Pants. She is Miss Grummet, Miss Grummet, and she came to fame like behind like a, a 
basically Broadway and Bob Fosse, you know. So um, she was in a chorus line and all that jazz and all that jazz. So anyway, she's mad because he lowered the standards of admission just to get tuition. And he assures her, don't worry about it. Yes, we lowered the standards just to get more money. But there's a cut list, isn't there? You decide right. who's not good enough and you cut them. So They'll never make Delta House will never be recognized. So we get the money and then you kick them out. Why is that? Oh, fire alarm, I... fire alarm, but it wasn't a fire alarm. It's Iron Pants. I want to set one thing in this stewardess academy, stewardess school. Stewardess University, Stewardess College. What are, what are the credentials? Stewardess here? School, and the song calls it Stew School. So dumb. Trying to think what other. Oh, I, I think like this and Hamburger, Univers, Hamburger University and Hamburger the Movie are, are two of the more ridiculous mm-hmm. Police Academy uh, for, templates. Moving violations, they didn't have dorms, but they had to go to uh, driver's ed every day. Yeah. I, I think that, like, it is inspired by Police Academy. That's a fair call. But this isn't a Police Academy. And uh, it's fair. It's fair. Well, this idea of having dorms for something that's basically two weeks, four months of uh, training. Now, why didn't you comment on Donnie most shirt being off and call it homoerotic? I'm not into Donnie on? Yeah. No, okay. the other guy, uh, who's Ralph Mouth, and who's the other one? Potsy. Oh, Potsy, you're more of a Potsy. Yeah. Oh, Potsy, sure. Sit on you know it, the Gil- You know the Gilbert Gottfried joke about Nostradamus making a lot of predictions, but one prediction that no one really believed was that he thought Winkler would have his own spinoff. <laughs> and people in town will say, Chachi, sure, but oh, Winkler. Oh, the, uh, no, I think that's the other way. No, oh, I think sure, it's the other Ch- way around. Yeah. Oh, Winkler, sure. No, no, I think it's like he predict Winkler would have his own spinoff, and the people in the town said, Winkler, I don't know. Chachi, sure, but Winkler? <laughs> Not so much. Now, I love Wendy Joe's Spritzer. I just watched Anim- uh, Bachelor Party, rewatched it, and she's so good yeah. in that movie. So they're here for their physical, and she's like a one-note actress. Everything she plays in, it's all about her weight, and that's what's going on in this movie, too. So, so she's self-conscious about this examination coming up. Right. She's not going to pass. Now, if they don't pass their examination, they're kicked out of um, they're kicked out of stewardess school. So as soon as Sexy Sexy hears this, she makes a plot to make sure she passes this physical. If you know Oh, so maybe the, the doctor will be so distracted by sexy sexy that he signs uh Wendy Joe. But we saw Wendy Joe at a doctor's in moving violations. Do you remember that? She yep. goes to a mechanic, Fred Willard, thinking it was a physical, and he right. puts, so he's gonna yeah. get up on the yeah, go check out her undercarriage. <laughs> okay, now I'm gonna play this audio because it's pretty funny. The doctor. Okay. And I, I didn't find the doctor's great character back then. Really in a moment. You want me to take my clothes off? Well, I don't think that would be a bad idea. <laughs> he goes, 
You want me to take my clothes off? Well, I don't think that that would be a bad idea. But I love how, like, he can't see her. It's such a vaudevillian thing. He's washing his, he's literally washing his eyes. And he can't, <laughs> who the fuck wash? Like, I clean my face thoroughly. But, you know, in, in vaudeville, I got to wash it like this. Like, what? So that was the whole joke. Now it's also very funny. Now this movie's not really very funny. It's a very bad movie until the end in which it gets good for a little while. It's a weird thing. But this is a good scene. How the, And it's all this character actor. I think he's like yeah. one of those 70s, um, you know, he was in like the Apple Dumpling Gang kind of movies. He's that kind of... I'm going to play the audio for this part. Sure. When he passes yeah, her, syrups. it's really funny. What a mess. Syrups. Oh, I'm so offended. Well, I'm just saying, like, he could at least put a new sheet on the... Look at him. He's all fucked up. Dead! Dead! He's all out of... <laughs> so it's time for blood pressure. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the doctor's sick. He's on blood pressure. Uh, R rating. That's Mackie. What about me? My physical? Hey. I passed? Yay. Thank you, sexy, sexy. Yeah. Now, he goes, this woman was real judgmental. So he goes, I passed. Bitch. <laughs> so we've heard like cursing, but there's no tits in this movie so far. It's been 15 minutes, Carl. Yeah, we'll see a little bit of tits, but this film isn't really about. It's not a sex comedy. It's the wacky antics of. It's a police it's academy ripoff. It's not a yeah. ripoff, but it's, it's the same taking, format. It's taking its format. From that police academy, not taking it from, you know, hard bodies or it's not taking right. it from a, it's Q isn't a, it isn't a teen sex comedy. It's a uh, police academy wackiness. Now look, Philo, as you know, without his glasses, he's completely blind. So he goes into the women's room and they're like, ah, and, and Tripper's girlfriend's like, don't worry, he's, he's blind. blind. He's so oh, blind to... that he even lets him shower with the girls because he just can't see. So then Donnie Most looks in and goes, oh, it's co-ed and thinks it's a, there you see the boobs? Yeah, I see him. Hard to see him. It's like we're looking through a shower door. <laughs> this, 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 it's this a little, it's so steamy. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Okay, here he goes. Yeah, he thinks it's co-ed. I, I would have no problem with Donnie Most in there because then I could finally figure out if the uh, carpet and drapes match. <laughs> they will. He's so red. They will. Look at you his red hair. Red pubes? They will definitely match. They will definitely match. Gotcha. He's a singer, right? Like his career post Happy Days was like a radio announcer <laughs> and he would he's a crooner or something of that sort. Well, during like... Happy Days, he did release. Um, um, he was not successful. He was not successful. Um, let me just uh, 
United Artists United Artists released most only pop album Donnie Most in the fall of 76. It did 76. not chart. A single from the album All Roads Lead Back to You which he performed on Happy Days spent 3 weeks on the Billboard's Hot 100 peaking at 97. So <sighs> brutal. Okay, now this guy here we have to remember him because he'll show up in Act Three, I and I didn't recognize okay. him until the fourth time I saw, him, third time I saw. Him. Total control. He does look. Uh, he looks like Richard Benjamin a little. Hundreds of people. I don't know Rich Benny. <coughs> he's a. Uh, God forgive me, I do love. He directed so. Milk Money. I know him as a director, oh. but he's an actor. He's he's uh, <coughs> him and his wife. They're all in every seventies thing. Saturday the thirteenth. To fly. Best of the most. That would be my greatest hits album for Donnie Most. Best of the most. That's great. So he, it was, it's really was one of the funnier scenes in this film. He's going to fly, to soar with the eagles. And he starts going on. He goes, uh, where was I? Where was I? And then everyone in the audience goes, <laughs> to fly, to soar like the eagles. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. To fly. It was, it's, it was it's good yeah now he i think you do a better job of it pilot that's his joke and he'll show up at the end of the film guess guess why oh so she has like a shit list right yeah here. she's see the plot was get their tuition money which they must pay up front and then cut right. them you keep the money and the airplane industry doesn't get a bunch of b-rate don't people. eat that pizza don't eat that pizza you're on a diet Right, that's right. One note. Now she should have clumsily dropped it because that's her one note. They're all like that, man. Now you see the one in the middle here, the one who's talking now. Let me. Yeah. She is Nerd's girlfriend. Well, everybody's future doesn't look as bright as yours. You're not a klutz. Yeah, and you're slim and attractive. And you always seem to know what to do. Yeah, everybody's you actually your one seem to note. like this bullshit. You're not a lady wrestler. I know you all think that I'm pretty and pert and kind of terrific. But you're not a. But, you know, you sometimes when people are getting to know me, for some strange reason, <laughs> they want to choke me. <laughs> so she's one note perky, perky, perky. And her mother and her grandmother graduated from this school. And, you know. Oh, so. But she's a legacy. She should be in. I also hate the the set. I mean, it's such so obviously a set with the two open windows showing the back lot. Yeah, it's all Los Angeles. This entire thing was shot in Los Angeles, so I'm sure that you're right that they're on a back lot, and yeah. they spent eight million dollars, so they probably did rent or you know whatever they needed to do to look at her. She did a pig noise. <laughs> you saw it. Uh. All right, it's just so exciting. Okay, so it's time for lessons. Now, okay. there's a group of professional passengers, and they're going to pretend to be difficult. You know what I mean? Sure. That's my job, by the way, during the day. You're a I'm a secret shopper. School. Secret shopper? Yeah. Part of my job as a secret shopper is that I pretend to be a prof I'm a professional passenger as well for stewardess school. Mm-hmm. Hi, me, coffee or tea? Oh shit, I mean coffee, tea, or me. God damn it. <laughs> that was you know, they're still called stewardesses here. 
so um, the thing about Philo is sometimes he's got his contacts, sometimes he's got his Coke bottle glasses, and I don't really understand the logic between the two. He's got binocular vision, it's called. But he wants to be a pilot or a stewardess? He wanted to be a pilot. Donnie most ruined that for him. So now to, to get up in the air, he's going to be a stewardess. And Donnie's serving hot dogs on this trial flight. <laughs> you remember when they used to serve hot dogs on the plane? No. No. They used to serve food. They used to, yeah. So this is a dumb joke in which he, she says, do you want your nuts crushed? And he goes, do you want your tits shut off, shot off with this fake gun? He says that? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember this? I think this is Southwest that offers yep. a Sunday. Okay. Cherry on top. Southwest yep. offers the Sunday. And today is Sunday. And how would you like your nuts crushed? How'd you like your tits shot off? Ah, uh, ah, oh. oh, oh, what they subject these children to. Toxic masculinity at a young age. Tisk, okay. tisk. Now, this is a real football player. This what, is a pretty good scene. Injury? No. Bad attitude, ass breath. <laughs> He's like, aren't you so-and-so from the so-and-so team? And he goes, no, I got cut. He goes, oh, injury? He goes, bad attitude. Hey, check this breath to see if it smelled like ass. Now, this is a character actress, actress named Anita Dangler, and she's been in everything. Um, you'll just know her face. She was even in Brain Donors, which oh. I think confusing. What is the With one Brain we Dead. I think we saw Brain Dead. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. Brain Donors is like a John Turturro being Groucho Marx, and they have like a Harpo, and they have a Chico, and... It's an interesting movie. One oh. of the actors in that is a stand-up comedian, and he performed at Scotty's, and he got to do all his... Uh, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Bob, he does it like a boxer yeah. routine, right? Like right. he's punch yep. drunk. Yes, exactly yeah. right. And he did that. <clears throat> and he was the he's opening true. act for Rodney Dangerfield. Boing! Whoa! Whoop. See, he's down in her crotch and he's like the gay guy he's a one note i'm the gay guy and he just sort of ate her out by mistake oh my god this guy needs like medical leave <laughs> here comes wiedermeyer do 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 oh, do do wiedermeyer do you remember the Police the Academy theme song? Mm hmm. Oh, uh, they're smoking on the plane. It was fine. Yeah. Look, Most is a funny actor. He he hits his notes. He's just been yes. so conditioned by Happy Days. He does like, his he was, job. He does his job. Happy Days is an ugly, ugly machine. There's a streaming service that has like a 24-hour channel of nothing but Happy Day reruns. Uh-huh. And I'm just amazed how hook I was on that show. I used to watch that constantly. They would have syndication, right? Yeah. So he he's she's 
he's saying to her, listen, you need to be less direct and not so firm with passengers. Be nicer. So he, she's going to now try to be nicer. And then some perv is going to pinch her ass. And she's going to fuck him up. And then Wiedermeyer's going to go, good, good, better, better. <laughs> she's a wrestler, right? Red Sonia? Yes. Yes. Red Sonia. Yeah. She's Conan the Barbarian. He's like, wake up. You got to put your tray table and seat back up. You're doing well, you're doing Doing good. I can't Look at that. Oh, look, he's got little horns. <laughs> Much better. Much better. Much better. That guy lost his job as a secret shopper after that. Yeah, look at him. Uh, might as well. He doesn't get laid in this movie at all, right? No, he does not get laid. He's doing multiple colognes, and he's like, do yeah. me a favor, sleep on the fire escape tonight. <laughs> oh, what is that smell? Right, Anchorman. Donnie Most was born in Brooklyn, New York, top of the food chain. Now, he's Jewish, but he's got red hair, which is Irish, which is often Catholic. Right. But they, the salami? Smack. Like, like uh, Booger in, in the Revenge of Nerds. He'll say something to a woman and get smacked and give a look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Booger. Um... He went, uh, Donnie Most went to college for three years and then he got the gig at Hall as Happy Days, so he quit school. Wow, he was in Ed TV. I don't know, this guy was really all television, you know. Yeah, okay, He's they a... want to go to a party, but they don't have a ride, so then Connie, no, uh, Corinne is like, How bad do you want it? So she calls up Snake. And snakes the ride to the uh, party. But, of course, the party is uptight white rich people and bikers are showing up. So we'll get that clash. That's snobs versus slobs. Yes. Oh, now, matching Ronnie Most is our Star Trek connection. He, she, he was on Star Trek Voyager. And that's all oh. I can do for a Star Trek connection. That's a good connection. I, I, I'm going to still praise Donnie Most. I still think when I watch that sitcom, just how deep in the trenches he is in comedy and just how he's able to keep the momentum going. And it's just, so you have a movie and he's firing off all his Happy Days chops and it's just kind of, it's not really a movie, I guess. <laughs> well, this is, this is not a TV show kind of thing. No, nah, this is a straight up legit, we're ripping off uh, a genre yeah. movie. These guys can't come in here. Stand aside, buddy. Oh, look at this. All the 80s bandanas. Yeah. You got the flash-ass bandanas. You got the biker bandanas. Bandanas. I'm in love with the nerd. Uh-oh. Different movie. This is funny. Uh, he goes, breath mint? And he goes, no, quaalude. Check this out. She asked if he has any twisted sister. You got a twisted sister? No, but my cousin Lenore's a little strange. I like Was that. that good? Did you hear it? Yeah. Got any that twisted was a sister? Totally, 
that was a funny ass line. She goes, "Do you have a twisted sister?" She goes, "No, but my cousin Lenore." Kind of strange. I like well, every that. time oh. I watch this film, I laugh when he said that. Are they playing Twisted Sister right now? We're not no, they put on some. No, they. Andy Adams, her father's chairman of the board of the stock exchange. It's We're not gonna take it anymore. Ugh, that man was so horrible. The guy lives in Long Island. He's a big. Uh, he's not really. He's a bit of a legend here. Uh, D. Schneider. And D. Schneider. Stupid. It's so. Stupid. He write. He writes. He's funny politically. He he directed a movie called D. Snyder Strangeland, which I refuse to watch. Mm-hmm. It's this horror movie about a guy who keeps women in cages. And you refuse to watch it on moral grounds. Yeah. Okay, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's all right. Listen, murdering people is okay, but abusing women. No, it's not even that. Line. It's not even that. I just. Uh, I don't like. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I have seen it a few times. You know, I never did see it. It's hard to watch, Carl. I believe you. Uh, I saw Egg... Eggshells for Toby Egg Hooper? Be- Toby Hooper's first movie? That's an yeah. easy watch and a good watch. Well, that's a comedy. I like that film it? a lot. Yeah. It was pompous as hell. I kind of liked it. So now we have one of those wop, 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 wop. Donnie most thinks that this girl is calling him over, but she was really talking to another dude, you know, and he'll have to pretend that he didn't think that. And Look at him. He's so good. Now, the wrestler lady, she reports that everyone in, in the crew, including the director, was snorting cocaine during this. Interesting. It does have a vibe of it, I guess. This uh, movie sat on, how can you say it has a vibe of Coke? This movie sat on Columbia Pictures' shelf for a year and a half before they released it. I don't have a backstory on that, although I looked for it. Hey, Comedy Central's been calling us day in and day out. Just give them something. All right, let me check the shelves. Well, they did theatrically release it, but... They didn't do one of those wide releases. They made 130 grand and called it a day. I, I think yeah. it, they, if they did this nationwide, it might have still been a bomb. But okay, so I saw now this on we that. have as much payoff as we're going to get between Philo and uh, Klutz and Klutz. Tripper's wife. Yeah, Mrs. Tripper. Oh, they're at Make a Point over overlooking the, right. the valley. Right, right. That is, uh, you know, oh, oh, look, UCLA. Yeah. Bar not the campus, lights. not the campus. I was just saying UCLA up here. <laughs> it's Bright Lights Big City, Los Angeles. Wait, Bright Lights Big City. No, that was the... No, New York that City. Book about, yeah, right. He was a... Um, he was a fact checker. Michael J. Fox was a fact checker, checker for New Yorker magazine. Who had an empty coke life? He would go to nightclubs and be part of the scene. And why'd you say Michael J. Fox? He's in the movie. I know it as a book. Right, and then it was a movie, which is even uh-huh. worse than the book, believe it or not. So I shouldn't see. I didn't like the book. I did read it. I was young. I, right. I guess I won't. Well, okay, no, so- I mean it's a curio. It's out there. 
So apparently the punch has been spiked with something that is so, I mean, it's not just alcohol. Look at them. So all the uptight white rich people are now loosening up. Wow, what's in the punch? Yeah, what is in the punch? Acid? Maybe. What an asshole. Yeah, he is. Look, Muffy, there's a dance for us. You're right to call her Muffy, because he was saying that, something like that. Like, Muffy! She's um, a preppy. You remember the book? Yes. I, I remember the handbook. The handbook, that's what I meant. That was never made into a movie. I would watch the official preppy handbook if it came out today. That's exactly movie. what Hollywood would do. That's exactly what they would do to exploit the success of that book. They would make a movie called no, Whoa! I make it now. Whoa! Holy what? mackerel! What the what's? Hey, wait, and isn't that the boyfriend? Snake. Yes, yes. It's Snake just said to to Corinne, "Get me a beer." Why, sir? Oh, right, she's into S and M. Right, but who is this dude? Making a layover. Now I hate this because this would really hurt, and there's nothing sexual about it. Look. He's got, you see? Oh, no, not in the teeth. We won't see it, though, but it's awful. Right, you need to... Let me tell you the tagline so I can get rid of this. uh, Yeah, sure. The taglines are, this is one flight you'll never forget. Okay. That was on the movie poster. And then on the video cover, it says, come fly with them for a plane load of laughs. Sucky tags. Here's here's my tagline, plain and simple, best movie you'll ever see. You reverse it. Best movie you'll ever see, plain and simple. So we're just having class jokes. This is like the guy who's, uh, you know, it's about like um, terrorists. Dorothy Pipes is surprised. So that's the kind of jokes we're getting here. You he know, reminds going... me of. Do you remember Stitches? We watched the film yes. about medical school, and right. the unknown comic shows up, right. and he does this routine, and it's the funniest thing in the movie, and he leaves. Yes. Yeah. No, look, this film has its shares of laughs. It really does. It's a horrible, bad film, but it has its share of laughs. If you watch this thing. You won't be laughing throughout. You will not. But you will be laughing. Stuff happens. Would you consider this a hangout movie where you want to hang out with the characters and rewatch it every time it's on Comedy Central? No. Because it's just not charismatic enough. Yeah. There's no one in this film, even Donnie Most, who's like, you know, I would love to have a beer with that dude. Okay, so this drill is you got to get everybody off the plane in three minutes or you're going to flunk this exercise. Um, And she's busily been flunking them, flunking them on exercises so she can kick them out. So we'll have difficult, you know, you call them secret shoppers. We're going to have difficult passengers here. They just won't leave. Now, again, one of them is a character actor. It's not these two. It's the woman on the other pair. I know her, her right, right her. there. Yeah. You know, this 
film was hard to research, even though it got played on Comedy Central a lot. Like all there really was was Wikipedia and IMDb. When you went to deep into the research to find movie reviews and stuff, yeah, all the movie right. reviews just talked about the plot. They don't reveal anything. So it seems like a classic '80s movie, except it isn't. Right? It's just everything. Right. It it they don't really deliver, so it's not a memorable movie. Right. And yeah. even that quote about them doing cocaine on the set, I really had to dig deep to catch that one line in some review or, you know, uh, I forget the film Infinity, Affinity gave me some stuff. Oh, I saw that on Entertainment Tonight. Uh, tell me about your experience. Uh, so, oh, it was great. We were doing, everyone was doing cocaine. <laughs> it was terrific, John. Everyone was doing cocaine on the set. Yay! Cute. Uh oh. Oh, Wendy. She has all the weight. Now it's not realistic. I mean, she'd have to be four hundred pounds to make that splash, and she's not. What do you right. think she is? Two eighty, something like that. She's. she's... You know, before she passed away, she was on a Fox sitcom where about her and three other big women. Mm -hmm. and it was like called I don't know, Big Women or something like that. The title right. kind of. Which was sad because she, you know, you got the star of Bosom Buddies kind of playing this, but I was a little, just, I was sad when she passed away. I, I think she's great in these movies. Let's see. She was in I Want to Hold Your Hand with Eddie Deason. Right, Eddie Deason. Bachelor Party, Back to the Future, and all of its sequels. She was on Bosom Buddies. That's how she started. She was on the TV show Private Benjamin. She was in 1941. Yeah. Now, look, she began her career in this movie called Corvette Summer with Mark Hamill. I was also thinking of that for our show. You know it? We should do it. I, you know, from what I remember that movie is that he's such a bad actor or he overacts. No, maybe it's not Corvette Summer, but there's a movie where he plays like a criminal-minded guy. Mm -hmm. might, you know, but he's, he's, he's a really good actor for certain things. But when you watch right. him as a play a human being, you go, <laughs> not really your strength playing a human being, you know. So I don't have the name of that sitcom you are talking about. I deleted it. Right. I mean, there's only so much research I can get out. on this. So serious I'm sorry. God bless you, Carl. <laughs> but I'm just saying I, I didn't catch. Uh, I read yeah. it. I read it. Okay. Now, who's showing up but Vito uh, Scorleone, uh, uh, who we saw in Zero to Sixty. Vito Scotti. I like the zero to sixty. Yeah, and he was uh, one of those repo dudes. But here, he owns Stromboli Airlines. Okay, and she's about to tell them all you're fired. And now, uh, Wiedemeyer's calling her up, going, "Don't fire them." You see, what it is is the FAA is going to close down Stromboli Airlines. His name's Carl Stromboli. So. He's made a deal for $350 a head to get uh -huh. people to, you know, be on his airline and save it. Okay. So, she, unfortunately, Iron Pants can't bunk him. Damn it. God, someone needs to go on the set because the plot's got so con convoluted. They just need to. I, the most convoluted plot I've ever heard. Now, Vito no Scotty was in The Godfather. And I just right. can't place him. You you know him? 
he has that weird Van Dyke beard, right? Nazarene, Nazarene. I don't know okay, where he I was. He was also in Head, a film you really love, Vito Scotti. Yeah, sure, sure. Do you think he was like psychologically speaking? He wasn't the guru. I'm trying to think who he was. The monkeys movie. I don't remember who he was, and we did see that together a bunch. So yeah, now they're all looking at twice. their placements. United Airlines, American Airlines. And she goes, Stromboli Airlines. So all the rejects are in Stromboli. Look, he's going through the pictures of, and they, oh, her, oh. he's going to decide. Did he later. all night? I'll save his picture too. These stupid Polaroids. They actually got him taken at the school? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Listen, let me just finish up this veto. Sure. I don't wait. Maybe you don't know his face. You didn't. You didn't pay attention when he was in the office, right? He has a. He had a distinct beard with a little mustachey thing pointing out. Yeah, he did. All right. I'll, so, okay. Here we have something that doesn't pay off. She gets hypnotized, and they're like, "You're not a klutz. You're the most graceful woman." <laughs> you know. This yeah. guy. Right now, the, the gay guy who's hypnotizing him, and that's his whole shtick, he's gay. He is a very famous voiceover person. He would go on to do the anim, animatronic, what do you call it? Anima... Maniacs? Ain't it? Yeah, yeah. Was um, he one of the main in the brain, You know, Pinky and the Brain? Sure. He, he was he Amba. Was... Mm -hmm. <laughs> he played Amba. <laughs> Where is he? Can we hear his voice, Carl? Yes. You know his voice already sounds like this. You already know what his voice sounds like. Yeah, right. Okay, wow. never mind. When I snap my fingers, you will wake up feeling like the great new person you are. It's just he's just the, a one note, you're the gay guy. The first time he shows up, he goes, Am I the only boy? Stuff like that. He didn't snap like this? Yeah, right. They hadn't made that wasn't in our culture yet. Yeah, right. There's the living just color just started. Cast members here for me to stay on top of this. I really wish I had a staff of people. And when that guy comes up, I'd say, "Yeah, the gay guy," and someone would put up a flashcard. And I go, "You know, he was in the uh, he was Pinky and the Brain." I'm just doing this from. Well, we'll check the end credits when it pop up. I'll see if I will recognize the name. Okay, here he is, right? Yeah, he was in Godfather. Yeah. Uh, the Nude Bomb, Herbie Goes Bananas. Didn't we uh, see a Herbie, a Herbie movie together? I would be happy to watch a Herbie movie, but I don't think they're available on YouTube. I think I looked. I definitely look for the Nude Bomb. I look for the Nude Bomb every time I log into YouTube. Yeah, it would be great to see. The Aristocats, uh, you already mentioned Head, uh, Get yeah. Shorty. Well, yeah, he seems like a good guy for that movie. That was his I remember, final movie. I, I recognize his face from The Aristocrats. That Disney's was an animation. <laughs> you idiot. Uh, Beverly Hills Bratz, Loaded Weapon, the first one. And the he was born one. in San Francisco, California. Yay. Oh, here's the voiceover guy. Uh, Rob Paulson, Pinky and the Brain, among 250 yes. different animated characters, over a thousand commercials. This he is, is a, a very fan. rare live action role for him. Nice. 
Yeah, every once in a while we get like Tara Strong or some famous uh, voice actor in the in the Nut House. Remember that Canadian yeah. LA? The guy does impressions is Maurice whatever. He's right. like the, the he's the brain. Montreal I guess. guy. Yeah. Oh, I can't eat. I have to be slim. Right. She's gonna resist this food. Still one of the greatest actors, actresses out there. That chicken looks pretty good. <laughs> That's me at the dinner table. So important. This next flight is so important. Every nickel I have is tied up in this plane. And even some nickels he doesn't have. Nickel I don't have. Get out of here. What am I worried? I've got the best crew around. Really? When can we meet him? Huh? George. Well, one thing's for sure, Mr. Stromboli. We'll make certain that the FAA inspector is happy. Thank you. It is nice, Carl. We'll never know we'll who he never is. Know who he we is the FAA be instructor. Be a man, a woman. We're getting set up for our third act. even use a professional from your school. I'm not worried. You know why? Because you are the ones who graduate in the first of the class. That's tomorrow's run will be a slap. Tomorrow? He goes, I know your flight tomorrow will be. And she goes, Tomorrow? Okay. It's, now, is it, yeah. Go ahead. Finish your thought because I'm going to go on. I was just going to say, with Donnie Moose, it's really weird hearing him hit those notes and not hear a laugh track afterwards. <laughs> okay. Now, you know, there's. I did that pilot, Waterman, right? And there's two right. instances when the joke just wasn't good enough. Like it was a funny joke, but, and I, you know, when you make a pilot, you cannot have a dead moment. So I put in a laugh track and saved both of those jokes, two jokes. There's no laugh track in the whole thing, except for two jokes. You did the comedy thing where you laugh at your own joke before anyone had a chance to register <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's right. <laughs> but it, it totally works. Once you hear when, when I, when, not me, but when the lines are said, it's like, was that a joke? So I just added the laughter. Oh, that's Look great. at that budget. Look at that budget. It said, oh, George Jefferson oh, hey. arrived. Mr. Jefferson. He's blind, and his name is Mr. Buttersworth. Oh, it said Mrs. Buttersworth. Right. Now, Donnie Most, of course, will get whapped in the shins. No! Wow, this is a Happy Days Jefferson crossover. My dream yes. come true. You see the poster? The poster yeah. says, yeah, don't worry, you'll get there. That's what the poster says. You're going to get there. That's funny. Now, this kind of doesn't make sense. The, the football player. Um, okay, wait, for this guy. This guy will make the movie funny. This is the Mad Bomber, okay? And he's going to turn this film around for a large part of the third act, and all of a sudden, it's going to become a good film. It's not good. there yet. Now, good morning. Good morning. That oh, we saw. Hi, Captain Biff. He looks like the Mad oh, Bomber Tyler. from Airplane 2, the sequel. Ah, that's right. So... What was I about to look up? Uh, the Mad Bomber, right? 
Yeah. Okay, here he is. The Mad Bomber is not a big deal in, well, first of all, he's born in Passaic, New Jersey. Thank you, shout out. Um, he wasn't, he was in LA law, LA law for many years. He was, but the thing about him is who he is in Hollywood. He was the president of the Screen Actors Guild. His brother is Mark Rosenberg, a big time director, and his cousin is Donald Fagan from Steely Dan. This guy is is set up in Hollywood, but he didn't earn it. He just. Well, I mean, Screen Actors Guild president, especially now, that's a big job. Yeah, I shouldn't say he didn't earn it. What I mean is he didn't have a big career in front of the camera, but he's. Right. Yeah. Now, there's going to be a storm, so they're going to fly. Here's how we're going to find out that he's not a good pilot, which everybody seems to know but us. There he is. There's the psycho. That's He's the, got the Charlie Manson look. Most of the turbulence. Thank you. You must be used to flying through storms, huh, Captain? Look at him, he goes... Storms? <laughs> this is just... It's, uh -oh. it's, it's really funny if you're listening to the audio throughout, because he's, like, all cocky and confident, and then he's like, oh, yeah, you must have a lot of experience with storms. And he goes, storms? <laughs> you know, like, uh-oh, what is she doing... Now look, she's oh, no what? She's been hypnotized. Now the thing is, Iron Pants really shouldn't be on this flight or anything. She just has the right, right to be to file a report with the FAA. Watch, watch. Don't touch my bombs. Don't touch my bombs. Hey, you are, sir. You're beyond water. Thank you very much. Beyond water. <laughs> It's a present for my mother. It's very fragile. Oh, of course. Now this guy does a good job as the mad bomber, okay? Right. Now he starts to he spikes this guy's drink. I I get it's just like the punch bowl. What he spiked it with had to be as bad as acid for the way the guy reacts. Is uh, this a, to cause a distraction? Or just chaos? He's a chaos meister? Uh, yeah. When the guy's scared, he goes, what makes you... What is the thing you're most frightened of? And the guy goes, confined spaces. And he goes, my, it's getting tight in here! <laughs> oh, you'll see. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Like watching a crime doc. Kids, beware of. Well, he's wearing this... the trench coat like you're supposed to. Right. What is it? I don't know. It looks like uh, it could be uh, Prilosec. It, <laughs> it could be. Um, you think it's like high blood pressure medication? Uh, yeah. It could be Lincinopril. I, I just. <laughs> Lincinopril. Could be Chantix. I just can't tell. Ooh. Is it me or does the drinks taste extra ibuprofen? <laughs> oh, he hears him. This is, oh, okay. The film just got good. Yes, sir. Whatever you say. <laughs> the film is now good for a short time, okay? Terrific. Now he just drank the drug. Whatever that means. <laughs> 
the mad doctor is completed. Okay, now, Mad Bomber's up to something. He gets the fragile present from his mother and heads to the restroom. Now, this guy, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I wear a three-piece suit with a vest on a plane, and then when I'm in the air, I take my jacket off. Well, it's, it's 1986, shot in 85 or whatever. Oh, something's not right. He doesn't feel, feeling a little hot. What's this? It's a bomb. Yeah, it isn't product placement either, believe me. Now, he's got it strapped to him, so it's going to hurt when he takes it off. Oh, goodness, yeah. Oh, I can't watch. Content warning. I don't see any hair, but it is pilling his skin. Oh, when hair is even worse, you pull it off. <laughs> so... This film has been horrible and bad, but it does have a few laughs. But right now, it's a good film for uh, almost Terminator. all of Act 3. Well, that's one of these films. You just kind of watch it, and then when the good stuff comes, you're like, okay, it was worth watching. Even at this altitude, we're going to hit a lot of turbulence. You wouldn't hear the wind whistling, you know? Yeah, oh. they're, they're... Uh oh. Okay. Oh, his contact fell out. Oh no! I was wondering no, when that was going to happen. Useless. Crunch. Oh, cr that's right, crunch. Sorry, I, I had to walk by there for some reason. And it's Script mean. Um, it's mean football guy. He's wearing the same shirt from the other day. Yeah, I know. And I bet you they're on the same plane, the same set they were in or before. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. They probably just shot it all in one go. Okay, bomb is armed. Bomb is armed. Okay. Now, could you see this being made post 9-11 with them crashing into the, the building at the beginning and them doing a bomb on a plane? Uh, it's possible, Carl. Okay. It has been 20-whatever years. 22? Now, now it's like you sit here and strap in. You are useless to us without being able to see. Whoa. Uh, turbulence. The bomb is armed, and he's going to place right. it somewhere super secret, which is essentially under George Jefferson's seat. Because George great. Jefferson will see it. <laughs> You mean a nightmare. <laughs> what are you most afraid of? Confinement. Closed spaces. It's awful tight in here, isn't it? This is great for your consideration. I love this act. I love that scene. I, I wish this was the whole movie. They, yeah. You know, look, he's freaking out, so they must contain him, right? But uh -huh. he just won't calm down. So Are you going to get sexy, gonna... sexy? Yes, that's exactly right. Sexy, sexy is going to really calm him down. Now, remember, Iron Pants is gathering violations to tell the FCC. Yeah, right. 
When There's got to be some way to calm her down. Step aside. Step aside. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Just gather in your nose. Dad, what's she doing? Now, for the sensibilities of our viewers, she does it under a blanket. Only now, the what's actor. What's he doing now? What is he doing now? Yeah, he's already set the bomb up. Mm-mm, mm-mm. He's got to put it under George Jefferson's uh, chair. Yes, exactly right. And I don't know why that's important to our plot, but it is. And he makes it a big deal to choose George. I don't know why. What's that? I heard something. My other senses are still around. Yeah. I'm acting. I'm acting. I guess it's nothing. Wheezy. Is that Wheezy? Yeah. <laughs> he thought it was his neighbor Tom, but he got up. Like the zebra kid or whatever he used to call him. Okay, yeah, so right. meanwhile, we cut away because you can't just watch the whole movie. Now, watch Iron... Iron Pants is writing it down. Look at her head. <laughs> now, later, after she writes it up, Donnie Most will come by and go, oh, uh, blowjob is two words. She'll erase it. Oh, right. Now, look. Oh. Ah. Okay. I go sleep now. Yeah, I go sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, is it my turn? Oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> I would love to uh, return the favor, but... Look, here it is, here it is. Job is two words. Eraser. Yeah. That was strange yeah. as a pencil. I didn't think of it this rough way up here. Oh, you're fucked. I don't know. This is my first flight. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So the mad bomber comes in with his gun, okay? And he's like, fucking freeze and all this. You know, he says, put it on autopilot. I kind of don't get what he's up to exactly. They put the plane on autopilot and then he gasses them and they fall asleep. It's ether. Now ether, I understood ether to be short acting. Hands up you. You know, like it's not long acting. It doesn't put you out like a roofie. It puts you out for like five minutes. But in this film, he uses ether and they're out for the duration. Now, what I don't understand is that he already has a bomb. He obviously is going to, like, martyr himself and blow up the... Nope. He's going to open a hatch in the cockpit, go down to where all the luggage is, and fucking jump out of the plane. Now, I don't know if you know about parachuting. I kind of do. But you don't jump out at 30,000 feet. It's more like 15,000, 17,000, you know. Now, you can do it because gravity will make you fall at the same rate. You're not going to accelerate. And you can pull the chute when you get down to around 8,000 feet. So maybe that's what happens. But there's some rule, like you can't jump out of a plane at 30,000 feet with the parachute. I don't know why, but... You you saw... Okay, okay, I just got to tell you something else. He goes, put it on autopilot. And the the co-pilot goes, we can't at this altitude. 
And then uh, our pilot goes, no, 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 we can, we can, just to appease the guy. But in the turbulent weather on autopilot, it's all flying all around. Okay, she just has to get humiliated, you know. They all hit their knee. Ah! <laughs> this film is good at this moment. This film right, right now is very funny. And Now, you saw Fast X Part 1, the Fast and the Furious movie? No, of course not, no. Okay, well, there's a scene where they're on a commercial airline, and John Cena and a little kid escape the okay. plane because they have a, uh, a smaller plane in the Inside luggage department. The Okay. And they just open up the commercial hats and the, the mini plane flies out and nobody on the flight note reckon, notices it. I promised you two episodes ago that I was going to watch the Fast and Furious movies. No, I didn't. I No, I didn't. I said no. it was the, it was, it was Matrix guy movies. The, the John. Keanu? Yeah. Oh, John Wick. John Wick. Yeah, I still yeah. haven't done it. I still cannot bring. Okay, now he's turning on the gas. This film has got suspense and what is he doing? And this is a good film right this second. Yeah, I agree with you. Like the whole premise is kind of boring, right? Like <laughs> they want to be stewardess and the school yeah. just wants to take their money and get them expelled. Get them out. Mm hmm. Yeah, now now if something's happening. Okay, so now he's going, you know, when he when he opened up the hatch, I was like, what the fuck? You know, because yeah, right. you know it's true, but you don't know where the hatch is. It does seem very elaborate, like he must have prepared for this. Yeah. Now the remember I said that you wouldn't hear the wind blowing? He will open the bay doors and you will hear the wind. It's appropriate. He's like I hope you guys like cherry on your so 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 Sunday. This Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Now what's when you gonna do? It's it's gonna panic outside. I wish I could. This director's name's Ken Blank Blancato, and this was. He didn't do much. He did this, The Book Thief. He did a, a Max, which is that dog, army dog movie. Uh, huh. This is his premiere film. And I don't know why the third act, like why it got good, but it did. Okay, so there goes Mad Bomber for the rest of the film. He's going to jump now, and he'll be out. All the luggage is leaving, and he loves it. He loves that all the luggage is flying out. Boy, this guy is so weird. I mean, if you're suicidal, I get it, right? You blow up a plane in a blaze of glory, but you want to make sure you live and so you're going to jump off the plane. Right. Yeah. And he's got no cause and... Well, he's just crazy, I guess. Okay, now, who can fly a plane? Well... Milo. He failed Ralph it. Ralph was learning how to fly a plane, right? So was Philo. Right. So they're going to do what they did before. They're going to take their seats and be, but there's a problem. Philo cannot fucking see with his binocular vision. Maybe maybe George can call his friend, uh, the Fonz, to knock, to hit the cockpit. Do, do one of these. Bomb yeah. Donnie Most went on an episode of, um, uh, let me just pull it up here. 
Howard Stern? No. That show a lot. Chachi. It was the one with Chachi. Charles in Charge was whatever. Oh, wow. And they had an episode with Charles in Charge in which he was playing a guy who won the lottery. And he goes, happy days are here again. And they kept doing that throughout the this episode. Like he would give them knowing looks like he absolutely knows who Donnie Most is. And Man. Okay, now they got to find a bomb. Philo's like, if my guess is right, he planted a bomb on this plane. They were like, a passenger's missing. And he goes, let me guess, 31B. And they're like, you're right. Look oh, that was her Oops. Oh, her clutchiness will save the day. Right. She found the bomb. Really? She found a copy of Stewardess School? Right. It bombed in the theaters. Uh, you know, she was, um, she spent three and a half years on Broadway as an understudy for, uh, 42nd Street, and then wow. luckily for her, the lady got sick and she took over the role. Oh, there you go. Dream but she didn't go true. on to do much else except for uh, Three's Company. But the thing is, out of 500 women, uh, jo Jack Tripper sort of had a, you know, John Ritter had a little connection with her, and 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 she got chosen out of 500 women to play the uh, part. I, I remember the show. Yeah. And try to recapture that three's company magic. That's right. Is it magic? So now that um, George Jefferson's chair was disturbed, he's like, what's going on on this flight? I'm going to find out. And he like goes into the cockpit. Okay, now Donnie Most has the bomb. And this scene like really features Donnie Most. Like all throughout the film, he's been like a one-liner kind of character. But now yeah. he'll get a moment in which he actually is the center Physical. of the scene. Yeah. Anybody know anything about bombs? Got a bobby pin? Yeah. Oh. Let's move over, Kojak. Somebody's second me. Yeah, I guess. And then he calls him Kojak because yeah. Kojak is bold. No. He goes, does anyone have a bobby pin? And they think it's about the bomb. And he goes, thanks. Right, he puts it in his hair. But then Donnie says, move out of the way, Kojak. Holy shit. I hope you're in a good mood. Apparently not. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Screw this. Ah. Uh... Now, you know the old movie oh, you flip the wrong wire to blow up? Sorry, I'm new to this. Let me check my notes. Green wire, right? No, no. Cut the red wire. Where are they going? I'm not clear on that. The cabin empties out. Like, they all go to the back because there's a bomb. They're public about it. I never heard of that, I though. cut the wrong wire. This thing could go off in our faces. <laughs> He finds so, out that Philo can't see and he's like, you're blind too? And he goes, I'm taking over! Right. Hey! Yeah. 
Corporation. Nothing. Oh, oh. It was nothing. You didn't do it. I think it's time for Plan B. Plan B? Run. Run away! I knew it. I always knew Plan B was right. Run away! Now oh, it blows shit. up, and it blows a hole in the hull. But look, look at, at where she go, man. Wait, is her, her fat ass going to yes. clog up? <laughs> yes! <laughs> so her weight helps. Yeah, pressure is being going back to the cabin now. <laughs> Are you all right? She goes, are you all right? And then Wendy goes, it's raining outside. You know, because her butt's getting wet right now. That's good. This film is yeah. good right now. Yeah, I can land baby on a dime. Wait a minute. He can't see either? No. I'm taking over. So as I said before, they've been like, he has binocular vision. So right. someone gets the good ideas, try these binoculars. So he looks that, through That's them. not how it works. Right. So he looks through them and he goes, no, no, it's not working. And they're like, oh, darn. He goes, wait a minute, oh. flip him over. And he looks through the little side. And he goes, I can see now. We're going to be safe. Hey, I, I got a question. I haven't flown a plane before, but why do you have binoculars in the cockpit? Yeah, that's a great question. I didn't even think of that. I mean, I've never flown a plane, so I I, I don't know. We're okay. safe. Okay, now, pretty much the, the good part of the film has now ended, but that's okay because we are at the very end of Act 3. They're going to land, and then they're going to go to court, and it's going to be the, like... Stromboli Airlines, you know, hero crew brought up on charges, mystery what? witness to testify. Now, remember that there was an FAA secret person. Right. On the Okay, so that is the testimony that's going to sink them or they're going to sink or swim based on this testimony. The secret shopper. Yes. Well, he's the FAA secret shopper. Is that how you say it? I guess he's the... Uh... Here we go. Now we still don't who know it? who, who is this it? new guy is. Now building I ruined up, things, but up. I won't bother ruining it for you because we're about to really find out. Right. And the camera is swooping right into it. They're doing a big effort to make this pay off. Oh, now I get it. The um, sadomasochism guy was that pilot. I oh, and that's the reason why he had the job. He was sleeping I didn't with realize that. Yeah. And those are the twins from Donnie Most in the beginning. We remember. Donnie, okay. are you okay? Now, who is it? Who is the guy? I don't know, but this Please first person view. impressions of what happened on flight 106 to Atlanta. Now we break the 180 degree roll. It's the blowjob guy! Oh, right. Frankly, it was the best flight I ever had. <laughs> Yay! Dismissed. Okay, all right. We'll take your word for it. We're done. Uh. That is our horrible ending. Everybody's safe. And she doesn't look. She's still blue. Right. 
Oh, there's Stroganoff. Yeah, Stromboli. We, we did meet her at the dinner scene when they were first hired. I didn't Yay. bring it up. That memorable. Oh, yeah, he had this line all throughout the whole thing. I knew he was going to say that when Donnie had no idea. Anyway, right. that's it. Da, da, da. That's it. Do school. Do it is. Up in the air. Do school. It's the greatest Sorry. fucking job. Seward is school. Here's the credits. Let's see. Wendy Joe Spear. Girl, what'd you think of this movie? I thought this movie was bad. I am glad that I saw it. I I was really thrilled the very first time I watched it when I was like, oh, wait a minute, maybe this movie is good. And then the second time I watched it, I realized there's a cutoff point where it's good for the third act. It saved the movie for me. But no, this wasn't a good film. I'm di- I am glad I saw it. Yeah. You should see it for a few laughs. But yeah. if you miss this one, you'll be okay. It's one of those films where I wish it was better and then I could clock it off as one of those films. It just kind of misses the mark. I do appreciate seeing Don Most in the uh, actual movie. I think he did a lot of work on Happy Days and he, this is a chance for him to flex it. It just doesn't really kind of throw in. I'm a big Wendy Joe fan, so it's good to see her. I am now a big fan of what the Joker's father, who the Ghost Rider's dad. Yes, I'm, right. Uh, I'm gonna have to check up on him. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just empty calories. It just kind of follows a format. <laughs> That's a good way to say it. Yeah, and it doesn't. Uh, I mean, it's not too insulting when it comes to you know. There's some insulting stuff in there. Getting rubbed by genitals and making a face. Woo! Uh, Brett to be Cullen good. is Philo's name. Brett Cullen is the actor. Red Cullen. All right, heads Brett, up. Well, I'm gonna have to check him out. B-R-E-T-T. I wish it was better. It was. The, I do agree that the final scenes were f- the f- the best part of the films, but yeah, could could have been better. Uh, wait, is there any weird cr- end credits? Ah, screw it. IMDb has this section called "Crazy Credits," and it right. didn't have that for this film. So. Well, sometimes I always like to see, like you know, did Oingo Boingo record a song on it, and was right. it shot in, in in Canada, or you know, it's fine, Carl. We want to thank you guys for watching. Stewardess School, a school for stewardess, 1986. Not to be confused with School for Sex, which we watched in the 60s. Yeah, that's That's a long time ago. Well, uh, we want to thank, maybe you watched it. You could go to mutinyradio.fm. We have an archive. It's listed by the date it broadcasted you, so you'll just have to Do it on the YouTube. Do it on the YouTube. You see what is the whole movie. Yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube, we have a huge back catalog on our cha- on our page. Take a look at the previous movies. Carl, thank you so much for watching this movie several times, taking notes. Happy uh, to do it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We have a movie. I will, I'll let you know, Carl, in a couple hours. I have, I have okay. to just confirm something. But Perfect. we would like to see you guys next week. So take your poison. Watch us on YouTube, listen to us on podcast, or listen to us streaming first on mutinyradio.fm. There's a great music coming up coming up after our show, so stay tuned. Carl, thank you. Thank you, audience. We'll see you guys next week. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with This is Carl. 
uh, I, I, Mike's friend. I wrote this song. Uh, my turn-ons are satin sheets and waves. Champagne tickles my nose. And I love to paint outdoors. Listen, you should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. The French duh, not the oh, oh, duh. Let's watch a full-length movie on you. To the edge of insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh, Kit Marie, Brandon Ray, and Mistress Christine. All on Muni Radio. That's right, PCRcollective.org. We'll see you there. Are you a stand-up comedian? Do you want to be in 25 shows in five days at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco? Well, now's your opportunity. Apply now for the Spark Presents third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, March 1st through 5th. That's 25 shows in five days featuring 40 comics from out of town, and one of those comedians could be you. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, and click Click on the submission form. Apply for the Spark Presents third annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's only $10, and you can apply right now. November 30th. Hey, welcome to the AltaCast. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I will be joined shortly by LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth. Yes, she'll be with us. Uh, you know, exciting things happening today on the AltaCast. It's always exciting. Social news with a socialist bent. Uh, we, were, we had a real fun time last night uh, celebrating bi-coastally as uh, my sister in not marriage law, whatever, Jonathan's sister. Uh, the New York deputy director of the Drug Policy Alliance was quoted in Newsweek. What? <laughs> so rad. Um, she had an article that came out in the New York Times about the uh, op- opioid crisis and what's been going on. And she's quoted in Newsweek. Yay! Anyways, exciting things. Uh, so we'll read a little bit of Drug Policy Alliance news. This is actually, I mean, to start, we're going to talk about a lot of things today. We're going to also deal with the, um, deal with the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival submissions. There are so many now. I'm so excited. It's going to be a really daunting task to try to whittle down only 40 comics. I can only have 40 comics because uh, 25 shows in five days, it's four comics per show to be able to give them, you know, a nice amount of time on stage for every show. And I think I'm going to do something weird with the hosting. I think um, 
I'm not going to do it like I've done it in years past. It's everybody who makes it on the festival is on the festival. Everyone gets three shows. Everyone gets, you know, 12 minutes. And what happened in the past is that sometimes people just wouldn't show up for their show for whatever reason. And whoever was there got the spot. I'd be like, oh, look, we're missing one. Who wants to be on? And so people would fill in. And it was really fun because everyone was just hanging out at Mutiny Radio, which I hope you will too in March, March 1st through 5th, Thursday the 1st through Monday the 5th. We're going to be having 25 shows in five days here at Mutiny Radio. And it's going to be really good because the comedians are so good. There's some of them are so good that are applying. Hunter Donaldson just applied from Portland, and he was on it last year. And when I got his submission, I was like, wow! Like, he was one of my favorite people from last year. Absolutely. So, so funny. So, a year later, I'm excited to see what's happening with his comedy, his art, his work, if you will. Speaking of art, I'm excited because... My buddy, Tim Pizza, as you guys might know from Some Call Me Tim or from Pervert Fervor, he has a new website called Tim's Tesseract. Uh, If you know what a tesseract is, that is from the books. Remember A Wrinkle in Time? Yeah, the tesseract. Uh, So I am writing a new story there called Jane Six. There's some amazing stuff on this website. There's uh, sci-fi horror pictures, pitches, Ask a Jedi, galactic table talk with the bear exoskeleton contessa, <laughs> lizard caught your tongue, horoscopia, which is um, horoscopes that are horrifying, travel and tourism, Willy bad movies, uh, W-I-L-L-Y bad movies, the lost TNG scenes, pervert fervor, and uh, wonderful things. So go check out some of the weird, cool stuff. You can get the newsletter. It's called Tim's Tesseract. So go and uh, read my new story. I think he's going to be publishing one a week. They're real short, uh, but the story is basically about uh, the year 2222 post water wars in San Francisco. And uh, Jane Six lives on the 1000. Uh, 16th floor of the Ten Lawn, and uh, there are no lawns. <laughs> Anyways, they, uh, women have to make choices in this futuristic world uh, if they want to be a sex or a breeder or a host. And so we're going to go through the the life of Jane Six here episodically. I think one a week about what happens to Jane. What does she choose? What is her friend Kimmy 12? What happens there? It's going to be. It's exciting to be writing fiction again. I haven't done it for a long time. So it's good to be doing that again. Because I used to do it every day. And I forgot. It's it's like I, I'm only doing This is my second day. Ooh, I woke up and I wrote another short story. Ooh. But I used to do this like in my early 30s. I wrote at least... 750 words a day and I when I was writing my novel I was like I have to write 3,000 words a day you know for six weeks and then there it was that I had a novel Boop-a-doo. but uh, you get I mean it I have I haven't done it in such a long time I mean I, I guess I haven't even really I haven't written any fiction since graduate school and I mean I graduated with the fiction degree in 2010 so and I really got into the poetry for those last two years so I wasn't even writing fiction 
um, in those last two years of graduate school. I was specific, specifically writing poetry. I haven't written fiction in a really, really long time, but it wasn't hard to get back to. It's kind of like riding a bike. I haven't ridden a bike in a really long time either. I can't remember the last time I rode a bike, actually. Uh, let me read uh, a little bit from, this is from The Hill. This is, opioids became a crisis because they kill so many white Americans. It's by Cassandra Federic and Melissa Moore, con- uh, opinion contributors. Uh, this is from The Hill. I'm going to turn this down so we can the United States is in the midst of an epidemic level crisis of overdoses one is accelerating each year nationally overdose rates have now surpassed motor vehicle accidents as the leading cause of injury related death in the country in 2016 the overdose death toll in the U.S. surpassed American deaths during the entire Vietnam War and lives lost at the peak of the then peaks of the AIDS crisis, with an estimated 59,000 people succumbing to overdose. This is far from the first time that problematic substance use has a devastating impact on communities across the country. But our response is distinctly different than during previous eras. Heroin, cocaine, and other substances have never have never discriminated. But it's clear our policy response certainly has. Throughout the 1970s, heroin overdoses ravaged Harlem and other cities that were facing deindustrialization, disinvestment, and demographic upheaval. The response was harsh pol- policing and the Rockefeller drug laws in New York, which established draconian mandatory, sen- mandatory minimum sentences that were then adopted across the country. Absent from policymakers' rubric was consideration of the well-being of the people with substance abuse disorder. In the 1980s and 90s, communities that were decimated by a lack of economic opportunity experienced the brunt of what became defined as the crack era. Again, our country deployed law enforcement and prisons to interact with people experiencing deep trauma and medical issues, negating any public health dimension with the response. Instead, the Senate enacted enhanced penalties for people who sell small amounts of drugs and sentencing disparities of 100 to 1 for crack versus powdered cocaine. Now, with the overdose crisis becoming a mainstream conversation, there has been a shift in the narrative. When prior drug problems were seen as affecting primarily communities of color, Government intervention focused on increasing policing and criminalization. Current policy responses, now that predominantly white suburban or rural communities are perceived are perceived as the hardest hit by overdose, invoke a distinctly public health response, a kinder, gentler approach that has politicians proclaiming, we can't arrest our way out of this problem. There is a widespread and growing recognition that policies that deny people's basic humanity, separates families and rip apart communities, do nothing but stem the tide of overdose or support public health. Yet the ripple effects of criminalization approach in terms of lack of infrastructure and frameworks for treatment haunt us in the current crisis. Naloxone, the drug that can reverse an opioid overdose, was approved by the FDA in 1970. But it wasn't widely deployed into the mid-2000s and is just getting into the hands of first responders in the last several years. 
is absolutely devastating to consider how many lives could have been saved over the last 40 years if the people were dying of overdose in the 70s had mattered enough to policymakers to elicit a compassionate response. Likewise, rural and suburban communities are feeling the impact of opioids dramatically and reeling from the lack of sufficient access to treatment programs. Because drug problems were seen as an issue that only affected other communities, methadone, buprenorphine, and other gold standard therapies for opioid use were seen as a stain on the community and programs to be blocked out. Now communities are clamoring for effective treatment options and providers are scrambling to establish caregiving facilities. We cannot afford to let this momentum of compassion remain skin deep. Parallel to the tide of compassionate response across the country, we've also seen a push for wrong-headed drug-induced homicide laws that again trade in dangerous stereotypes. We must truly be vigilant as this federal administration and policymakers in state houses and city halls try to claw their way back to punitive approaches on the war on drugs. Caring rhetoric must be backed up by implementing the full range of evidence-based solutions that can save lives and ensuring that all communities have access to responsive treatment options. The opioid epidemic has underscored what we have always known about drug use and misuse. Addiction is not specific to a racial group or economic class, but the effects of supposedly race-neutral or colorblind drug policy have had a disparate impact on communities of color. Congress needs new thinking in drug policy that owns that truth and atones for the harm done. Cassandra Federique is the New York State Director at the Drug Policy Alliance. Melissa Moore is the New York State Deputy Director at the Drug Policy Alliance. Knowledge! Knowledge! Well, Melissa Moore is killing it. So exciting. Uh... And I'm, I mean, she's doing a great job out there and changing changing lives with drug policy change. Super cool. Uh, you can go check out the Drug Policy Alliance. Go check out her. Um, she is a really pretty um, face. Not that prettiness has anything to do with anything, but um, her headshot on Drug Policy Alliance, it's lovely. So I'll read you guys her. Uh, Melissa Moore brings more than a decade of experience managing media and campaign strategy for progressive nonprofits focused on criminal justice reform, immigrant rights, poverty, community-led international development, and resource rights. Throughout her career, Melissa has worked towards social change by bridging policy analysis and targeted campaigns with the direct engagement. First, as a part of the Economic and Social Human Rights Program, at incident at Institute for Food and Development on Policy Food First, and then as communications director for the Oakland Institute and as media outreach coordinator for the Opportunity Agenda. I haven't heard of any of these things. Uh, she has trained advocates across the country and internationally on effective communication, helping activists leverage their voices and learn how to best target key audiences to move campaigns and policy forward to make a lasting impact. Her work has also included guiding uh, editor, gu guiding messaging development and framing on a wide range of issues in tandem with 
Her nonprofit roles, Melissa served as an award-winning editor with 10 Speed Press at Vision of Random House. A graduate of the University of Berkeley, California, or California Berkeley, Melissa's experiences growing up in Los Angeles and seeing firsthand the devastation wrought by the war on drugs motivated her to join the Drug Policy Alliance. Cool! Well, that was her bio. Uh, I'm trying to look for the article in the New York Times, and I can't find it. So, I suck. Jonathan was supposed to send it to me, because he found it last night on his phone. But I cannot find it. Um, so, Drug Policy Alliance, yay! You are listening to the AltaCast. Latoya's going to be here at 1230. So, what we should do instead, because I can't talk anymore. That's, I'm hurting myself and my voice. Uh, I just can't. I've, I've been coughing all, all week. Sorry. Uh, but I am going to play some comedy submissions. Hell yeah! Because I can just relax, sit back, decide who's going to be in this crazy thing. It's a, Thank God Steve Poggi is coming to visit so he can help because I need help. Uh, enjoy Cope for a minute while I get this all together. Cast. Gonna play some video submissions and see what's up. The first one I got in, unfortunately, she had no video link, so I gotta email her. This is Edsel Mack from State. How the fuck are you guys doing? Hello, bitches. This is some pretty people. Nice, nice, nice. So um, I do like to, as I'm about to start, and I, I have a confession, people. I'm not really a, a comedian as much as I am a storyteller, so. So strap your fucking seatbelts on, because it's going to get a little naughty up in here. So um, where are my gays? Where's my gays? <laughs> See, gays, you should have fucking done me right when I came out here. You should have been up screaming. You should have been out of your seat. Dick should have been whipped out and spun like fucking helicopter blades. There should have been two queers in the back lighting their farts on fire like some sick, fucked up Siegfried and Roy show. I could feel the heat from up here. Fuck. Okay, he's got me Four gays left already. This is disappointing, people. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. My name is um, Etzel. I, uh, I go by Etzel the Mac. Um, um, the hobgoblin of dick. Um, <laughs> El Bandito de Pito for the Telemundo crowd. Um, <laughs> that's some funny shit, El Bandito de Pito. So um, before we get into my set, um, I was here for the previous show, and I forget sometimes, I think I'm so obviously gay, and I, I forget that um, amongst some people, I kind of blend in, like a high yellow in the South, like in the 20s. And, and um, 
And I, it's, a, it's a statement of revolution. I choose not to blend in, but I don't know if I need to wear like a I heart cock shirt or, or like a, a park it in the rear leather vest. And I was standing over here as this really beautiful, attractive woman with the hugest tits walks by and I said, God damn. Because I'm gay, I'm not fucking blind. But I didn't realize the game of double dutch that I was starting to play and I, I didn't realize I hopped on that train. And so she stops right behind me and I can sense it like a fucking predator behind me. And I'm literally standing there like this. And like, not like this, maybe I should have fucking did this, I realize that. I'm doing this, and I shit you not, she grazes her titties against my elbow. And I'm like, this is my fault, I fucking start, I initiated this fucked up game. And so I'm like, super uncomfortable, so I'm like, okay, I'll put my hand down. And those titties found my elbow again. Like a fucking elbow honing pigeon for titties. I'm glad you guys thought that was funny. Um, it was a true story, though. So um, I'm from Santa Rosa, Sonoma County, originally. And um, naturally, being from Sonoma County, my mother chain smokes marijuana like truckers do crank. And I don't mind it so much. I grew up around it. I don't really smoke myself, except for my cataracts, but um, just occasionally. <laughs> but when your mother chain smokes it, like a two-pack-a-day habit, it's a little different. And I don't mind it, it's just the ridiculous shit that bitch says when she's really, really high. I can call her bitch, I know her well. Thank, thank you. A couple of you know some bitches like that, too. So this bitch is sitting there. I said it, I said that shit. Happy fucking Mother's Day, bitch. This is what this bitch said. So she's sitting across from me on the couch and she goes, <laughs> I want to ride a giant Galapagos land tortoise. Where the fuck do you come up with this shit? What the fuck am I supposed to do with that information, people? And I tried to night. I try to not even engage in the shit, and my brother, who is equally as intelligent, is sitting across from her, and he actually starts to argue with her. It's like, well, why don't you get, like, a, a snapping turtle? And she's like, I don't want a snapping turtle. It might try to bite me. And I feel like I'm refereeing a boxing match at the Special Olympics. And my aunt, who actually has special needs, is in the kitchen making a hand sandwich, and... True story. Can't make this shit up. And she takes a big bite and goes, You motherfuckers are retarded! story. <laughs> Can't make this shit up. So I'm sure you guys would have guessed by now, um, naturally, I'm a middle school teacher. <laughs> yes. So by day, molding young minds, by night, on the hunt for Red October. That's a big black sub full of semen. Ooh. Ooh, I'll take some ooze. 
I'll take some ooze. Ooze are better than silence, bitches. Preferably driven by Denzel Washington. Even if Gene Hackman's there watching, I don't give a fuck. So, you movie buffs, you are dying right now. Fucking nerds. So I'm in my classroom, and the fact that I'm gay gets brought up the other day, or at least I thought it was. And um, you see, my, my school is broken up. Each grade is broken up into teams, and they're named after, after colleges. And I teach all the grades. Um, so one of my sixth graders stands up, and he's like, Mr. Mack, what team are you on? Right? She had the correct reaction, people. That, that audible gasp is what I did and my asshole puckered. And I went, I confess, people, I went to a fucking dark place. For just a few, just a moment, I'm like, what fucking Jesus freak parent set this little shit up for this? I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm not going down like that. I'm not a fucking punk. Locking that door. I'm donkey punching one of these bitches at a time. <laughs> Taking two of the Spanish speaking mijos. We're hopping in my fucking scion. <laughs> one to use as collateral, one to translate. We're halfway to fucking Mexico. <laughs> Before these little shits come to or anybody realizes what's fucking going on. <laughs> I know. reality set in, I calmed down and I, I realized, fuck, he means what team I'm on and they don't realize that I teach all the teams, so I go, well, I'm just being silly. I'm like, well, what team do you think I'm on? And they go, you're a bear! <laughs> Which amongst, amongst my people, I am a bear, a little thick corn fed. A little fur. I'm a bear. So I start shitting myself laughing. And as a result, they think they guessed it. So one by one, 40 of these little bastards pops up and goes, You are a bear! We got it! Mr. Mac is a bear! He's a bear! And again, this is a true story. And fuck, if I ever make it big, I'm going to lose my job over this anyway. So I just go with it. And I'm like, fuck. I was like, you know what? I am a bear. We're all bears. And you know what we should do? One weekend out of every summer, we should all get together with just other bears and just lounge around. Go up to the river and just only hang out with other bears and just be super lazy. I mean, gee, we could call it Lazy Bear Weekend. Those fuckers lost their shit. Yes! <laughs> and I can make this up. The other sixth grade team, mm, the organ papers. <laughs> so I said, and absolutely no beavers allowed. They are wet. They are smelly. There's the clap break. Wow, funny guy. Hey!
She's here. Here, yay. So you had to go to the doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Go get some BC. Are, is it because yeah. you're sicky? You're, you you got to get the special. Oh, I got birth control, but I am still oh. feeling a little bit ill. Yeah. That I'm not going to go to the doctor for. I will well, just. Well, you were already there. Don't you just say oh, like, I'm hey, there. Lady, lady doctor, I should say. But she didn't. She She's a regular doctor, too. She wasn't like, oh, are you okay? You got a little stuffy in your throat or whatever. Well, she I didn't mean, even she say. She could only give me like birth control. Take it. They're doctors. They can give you anything. They can give you anything. Not with the insurance I have. Oh. Yeah. That, that, that's the fun stuff. Um, but yeah. So it's 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 Seriously? it's it's, it's six seasons. So everybody. Six seasons. Yeah. Everybody's got right it. now. Well, I actually I'm gonna go burn it out of myself. I leave on Sunday to go to Mexico, Mexico. for ten yeah ten days. But I learned that Cabo. San Lucas actually is sunny 320 days out of the year, average. So I'm really hoping that it's like super sunny and awesome. And if it's not, I honestly don't give a fuck. You're not going to wear a lot of clothes. That's cool. No, I I don't think I'm going to (laughs) wear a lot of clothes. And the good thing is, you know, you'll be well by the time you get on the flight. Right. Well, and I did this thing where um, Virgin does this new thing where you can bid for an upgrade. So I did this. I didn't tell Jonathan. He doesn't listen to the show anyway, so it doesn't matter. Uh, But I put in a bid to get bumped up to first class on our way back. So, but I only bid $150 a ticket. That's the least you can bid. You can bid from 200, uh, from 150 to 255. I'm not, which is less than the upgrade anyway, but I'm not going to spend more than 150. So if they accept the bid, they'll charge me. But if they don't accept the bid, they don't charge me. So it's no big deal. Like I don't, I can't lose anything, but if I get, if we get chosen and we get to be in first class on the way home, it'll be, it'll be the best. Like it's a two and a half hour flight. It would Jonathan would freak out. It'll be like my Christmas present to him. Free we'll be champagne. Like, I'll free all, all this stuff. All this stuff. And not, we don't want to do it on the way there because we're going to be so excited and we wouldn't care anyways. But okay. on the way back, if we're just like, you know. Tired and lounging. Right. And we get to be in first class and all that stuff. It would be amazing. So I'm really hoping, fingers oh, crossed, man. that Virgin America. Because then I, how many, uh, you know, headphones can I bring back? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <From>. <laughs> you, you know what? That's usually what I do too when I fly, fly them. They're, they're my favorite airline. Absolutely. They really are. And that first class, ooh. I've never been, We've neither one of us has ever flown first class. So if it happens, I'm going to be super stoked. Dude, you, oh, you're going to live like kings and queens for those two hours. Yeah, right? Yeah. And the, the chairs are like really big and comfortable. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see if I, we'll see if I get it. And it is, for me, it's like a kind of a crazy, like $150 a ticket. What would you want to do that? But the flight was so cheap. I mean, the tickets were only like $150 anyway. Oh, really? So yeah, I know. That's why. So this is when we like to go out of town every year and it's called Moss Thanks. It's the time between Thanksgiving and Christmas where Virgin American flights are the cheapest. So last year we went and visited his sister and right, got the New York, New Jersey things. And then, uh, this year we're going to go to Los Cabos and, uh, so I'm super stoked. Where are you guys staying? At an Airbnb that I found that has like um, a saltwater pool and we have our own <laughs> yes. private like balcony area and it's yeah. this big, I'm really excited. There's a big kitchen that's like a group kitchen, but I'm, I don't know if other people are going to be there or not. It's like a bunch of cabanas that are in this one like group or whatever. So I have no idea how it's going to be, but the pictures look amazing and I'm just like, I'm so excited. I'm so jelly, so, yeah, and you're gonna be gonna gone be for a week, right? Ten days. Ten days. So I'm actually Yay. gonna be missing two AltaCasts. So it's up to you if you would like to do it them. It's up to me. It's up to you. Dun, dun, Completely dun. up to you. If you don't want to do it, no big deal. We can take a two-week break. If you want to do it, great. 
whatever Which you want. means I won't be seeing... Well, I leave on the 18th, so I will oh, see yeah. you. Oh, yeah. You'll see I'll me. I'll see you. Yeah, because I'm back on the 13th. It's not... I'm not, like, leaving forever. So it's you probably will want to stay yeah. forever. Well, I mean, kind of, but I'm going to... I mean, things are so crazy with the, um, with the festival. I just won't... I, I'm going to come back and hit the ground running. It's going to be like, okay, just work, 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 work. Get it all just all the ducks in a row to just launch in January with all the PR and stuff and uh, oh uh, Steve Poggi is on his way here on a plane Yay. and he actually wanted me to tell you something so I have Steve to Poggi. I have to um, old dumb face old dumb face comes in today at like 4.15 as plane lands and he wrote me a text and he's like I got through the airport and f- security in four minutes he's like I'm a fucking doctor okay so this is what he said <laughs> It got through airport security in four minutes like a goddamn doctor. My flight is going to land uh, 4.45, some, whatever, whatever. Uh, Uber, Bart, blah, blah, blah. Now, here's what he says about uh, Telatoya. The one time I'm fucking flying, we might be delayed because cock-sucking Trump came to the St. Charles Convention Center. Oh, man. Basically seven minutes from my house. Explain what that means. What does that mean? The St. Charles Convention Center is, it's a, St. Charles is a suburb uh, outside St. Louis where a bunch of fucking stupid Trump supporters. And so what what it means is he basically probably got caught up in traffic and shit on his way to the goddamn airport because of his orange fat fucking ass. I hate that guy. But the, but the good thing is, Steve Poggi will be here. Yes. And Trump will be in STL. Great. Wonderful. Sad. Yeah. I, he's going to... I'm really excited that he's... Um, and he'll be staying at your crib, right? Right. He is going... He's cat-sitting. Yeah, he's, he's cat-sitting for... Um, uh, for my for me, for my buddy, for Spike. And uh, I mean, I started writing things down today because I'm like... Yeah, ten, we're gonna be on for ten days. ten days, and there's a lot of like rules that old dumb face isn't gonna want to abide by. Like, <laughs> we're not allowed to smoke in my building. It's just a thing, and if you do, the the neighbors end up finding out, and then they tell the building manager. Okay. Because, and you're not even allowed to smoke in the backyard. We have to smoke in front of the building for whatever reason. I don't understand, but whatever. It's a rule. I'm fine with it. You smoke pot inside, no big deal. But the cigarette smoke, I think because it like it lingers. It lingers, it lingers and so it, it, yeah. And Which is, you know what? The thing is, I think that's cool because I didn't when I was a smoker, I didn't want to smoke in my apartment either because yeah, I, I don't want the stench. Well, I don't want to smoke like with the cat. I don't want him to smoke inside with the cat either. So it's kind of like because I don't want the cat breathing all the secondhand smoke, and he already smokes enough pot smoke on his own, <laughs> the cat. So I'm fine. I'm fine with weed. Just no, no. But we're just afraid that. Oh, dumb face. I know. He has, I mean, well, and the other, there was last year when he took care of the kitty when I was at um, Mike Scott's wedding and it was New Year's and I get a phone call at five in the morning on New Year's Day from my building manager, Terry, saying, Spike's out. Spike's downstairs. I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, what? And I guess Steve had been so drunk that he like left the door open or something. Oh, no. And so, yeah, there was weirdness. And I was like, That's I don't know. So she picked him up and put him back in the apartment. It was no big deal because she has keys. So right. no big deal. But I was like, what did you, what are you, what is happening? Spike's downstairs? How would he, he doesn't even, I can't imagine him walking down all four flights of stairs either. Wow. Yeah. Well, the good thing is that that's that was old, old dumb face. Old, old dumb old, face. Old, yeah. old dumb face. But just recently, he was in the hospital. 
Wait, what? Okay, so he is on my show this Friday, which is uh, Broken, Comedic Stories of Physical Trauma. It's going to be this Friday, 8 o'clock. He's got a news on story. Pumta- on Pamtastics. Yeah, here, I'll show you the picture because he sent it to me, and I put it on the thing. So the comedians on this show, it's going to be actually, if you guys want to come to a show, it's a stellar lineup. Um, three of my favorite comedians are on it. Uh, Steve Poggi, Chris Knatzer, and Natasha Muse. All of them headliners in their own right. Steve Poggi just coming off of his, he was headlining, was he in Alabama last week headlining? I don't remember, but he called me. He's like, yeah, I'm doing two shows tonight. So we did two 50-minute shows on, on a Saturday, Friday and Saturday. Anyways, so he's a real headliner in his own right. Chris Knatzer, obviously, completely hilarious person. And Natasha Muse has been in it forever, and she's headlines all over the place. So anyways, that's this Friday. It's going to be a great show. And this is the picture of Poji. I, it is so hard to just see all posts. I want to see the damn picture. There it is. So it says, just in time for this Friday's show, Steve Poji in a hospital gown. So you can see he's got a little cuff on there. There he is. Definitely has that sort of new skin head haircut. Not the most flattering angle of the poge. I'm like, why are you in the hospital? Yeah, it's like it's a selfie. It's a hospital selfie. Hospital selfie. What the fuck did he do? I have no idea, but we'll probably find out about it. This, uh... Hopefully it has nothing to do with cars, because I remember the story he uh, talked about with him, uh, uh... Running into something in his vehicle. Oh yeah, when he was when he got a DUI, they didn't. He never got charged for because he just was like, I just sold you too. He ran into parked cars on a a parking. Uh, uh, It's in felony, funny, but that wasn't even the felony. The felony was the breaking and entering. He never got in trouble at all for being drunk and driving his car and hitting two into two parked new cars. So they had to trash the cars. It was a car lot. Uh, crazy, right? Uh, but so this this Friday, it's going to be comics tell story of broken bones and trauma. Three minute audience stories encouraged during the show. So if you have had any, we know that there'll be a story from Scotto of Flat Black Plastic for when he was skateboarding and just fell and broke his broke his leg in like twelve places. It was crazy. Ooh. And um, hopefully, my buddy uh, Chef Robert will be here to tell the story of how the. Hummer hit him and flayed his leg open. Oh my God. And he wasn't supposed to ever walk again. He's oh. lucky to be alive, but none of his arteries were. His, his, basically, his Jesus. leg just opened up like a pinata. Oh my God. And, but they put it all back together because surgeons are amazing. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But so we're going to encourage audience stories, and then also the comedians will be telling stories. Do you stories have any of, of yourself? Well, I mean, I would have to say that spitting. The skateboard story and spitting out the teeth is pretty. That's pretty. That was pretty gnarly. Um, And I mean, I'll probably put that picture up on this today and be like, "Look, here's me when I busted my chin open," Uh, because the teeth. But I mean, my other broken bones are like I've had my nose broken four times. I mean, I guess I could tell. I just Jonathan wouldn't like the story if I told. For when when I was a whore, if I told a story about how my nose got broken during sex and I let him finish. Yeah, I took his (laughs) T-shirt. I took his T-shirt and I let him finish. Wait a minute. Because we were facing each other, right? Because she's laughing really hard. It is. I guess it's a funny story. 
but I was having sex with a dude. And um, I know, I'm so glad that Jonathan doesn't listen to the AltaCast, right? This is years ago. This is like eight years ago, right? This is old news. Nine, this is old news. Like nine years ago. I've been with Jonathan for four years coming up Christmas. But before that, I mean, I slept with people in San Francisco. I don't know what to tell you. You got to do I what mean, you got to do. Th- I mean, who knows? I don't I don't, I don't think about uh, Whatever. But so we like came at each other and my nose ran into his like clavicle bone just like really hard and my ah. nose it hurt really bad and my nose just started bleeding just it was just like oh gushing blood and i was like ah and he hand he gave me a t-shirt and uh, he was like can i finish and i was like oh yeah sure i mean because i was wasted oh my god and already bleeding all over his thing i was like all right wow. yeah so I let him. Wow, yeah. that guy's dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> Can I finish? Yeah, oh, yeah. how polite. Yeah. Right. Oh, here's your, here's my T-shirt. Here's my Hanes white T-shirt. Yeah. There yeah. you go. I you think look- it was, and I think I can even remember what the T-shirt looked like. It looks like there's one of them in this box. It's not exact, but it had like, it was like a baseball T-shirt, kind of yellow sleeves, kind of quarter inch, <laughs> quarter quarter sleeves, you know, and then like that, the white the white on the front, 